Welcome to A Girl in the Word podcast. I am your host, Kaylee. I'm a lover of books, houseplants, iced coffee, and most of all, Jesus, which is the center of this podcast. And in today's episode, we are going to be talking about having a crushed spirit. I think so many of us can go through seasons of our lives where this happens Uh, And we really aren't sure how to rectify the situation or make our spirits whole again. And so I want to see if I can offer you some support, some encouragement. uh, And I also want to point to you um, to the Bible and what the Bible says about having a crushed spirit. And at the end of the episode, I will obviously give you some some actions Um, that I myself am actually taking in order to heal the crushing um, and become whole again in Jesus' name. And so this time, this episode, if you've listened to the last ones, you know I typically do this at the end now, but I am actually going to start with my, my testimony, the personal story this this time, and then we'll dive into what the Bible says about having a crushed spirit and what it means to lament and how we can actionably practice giving our sorrows over to Jesus um, so he can heal us. And so we're just going to, we're just going to go for it. Um, This is, this kind of my own personal story, my own personal, um, experience with this subject and it all starts with this year (laughs) it doesn't really it obviously goes a lot back a lot further back in my life but um we're gonna start with this year because I'll be honest I 2022 is not shaping up how I maybe thought it would kind of started off with a bang with 21 days of prayer in January. Uh, We had constant car problems across my family. In February, we actually experienced two deaths in our family. Uh, We were grieving. And at the same time, we were around a lot of people who weren't necessarily Christians or following Jesus. And to be very honest with you, that can take a massive toll on your spirit. Um, And then we have my brother's addiction, which I talked about a little bit in my last episodes, uh, which was running rampant and he was spiraling. And if you haven't listened to my last episodes, uh, my brother has or had an opioid addiction um, for years and he went to a rehab facility in August and um, he is no longer physically dependent on those drugs. But, um, you know, the battle wages on in his mind. And I talked about that in the last episode. but. He will be healed in Jesus' name. I'm believing it. And so he was spiraling, though, the last few months. And uh, I also, I have a job. I have a nine-to-five. and It's fully remote, which I am extremely grateful to God for. Uh, But there are some days where I do wonder, is this it? You know, is, is, is this what I'm supposed to be doing forever? And I know that it's not. I know that God has other plans for me and I just have to be obedient and I have to follow him and I have to trust in where he's taking me. But I would be lying to you if I said that my human side did not often feel this overwhelming sense of defeat. Like I just cannot catch a break. Like the enemy really is trying to take me and my family down. And there, there's this hidden anger that I didn't even know that I had. There's this lack of peace. You name it, 
you name the emotion and I have experienced it this year. And I know I am not alone in that. I know that there are millions of people out there who are going through this, who have gone through this. I know it. I know that some of you listening now are probably going through something like this, feeling something like this, extremely soul crushing. It's exhausting. It's overwhelming. You get to this point sometimes where you're like, all right, so so what? I'm done. I, I cannot continue like this. And I'll be honest with you. I've come to that point in the last few days. It is that fresh for me. It's that real in my life right now. I have felt this overwhelming sadness, this overwhelming feeling of just like blah, you know, and, and I feel like I'm just wandering through life with no purpose, no meaning, nothing just experiencing battle after battle with little to no relief. And sorry, that's a text message. (laughs) My soul is weary. My spirit is completely crushed. And I know, though, that I serve a God who cares. And I serve a God who loves me. And despite all of that, I said I wasn't going to cry in this episode. I'm not going to cry. Despite all of that, I serve a God who comes close to the brokenhearted and he restores our spirits. And I've learned the beautiful art of lamenting, of building a resilience and a perseverance. And I have felt my heart get 10 times less heavy when I said the words, I can't do this. So I need you to. I give all of it to you, God, and I name every person, every situation, and I ask him to take it from me because if he says his yoke is easy and his burden is light, then take this from me. Take this anger, the sadness, the crushed spirit. Restore me, refine me, redeem me, make me whole again. There have been many nights that I have spent in my shower crying because that seems to be my place to go, and sometimes I have no words. Sometimes I just let the Holy Spirit do his thing, intervene on my behalf because I am so crushed in spirit. I don't even know what to say, but I prayed a prayer the other day and I laid all my complaints down at Jesus's feet. I laid every burden down that I've been carrying, every pent up frustration or deep sadness that I felt. I asked him to take it, to give me peace, to give me joy again. I can't even describe to you the feeling, and I know it sounds crazy, but as I was weeping, full sobs, heart pounding, chest exploding, I felt this overwhelming sense of peace. I felt my chest start to get lighter, and when I was fully honest with God about everything, everything that I did not want to be honest with him about, I released it. I let it go. And I saw him step in, as he does, and he's healing me, and he's working in my heart, and he's transforming me, and he's making me new, and he's refining me all over again. But we serve a God who cares. So I'm going to share with you what the Bible says about having a crushed spirit, what the Bible says about lamenting, what it says about laying it all down to God. But first, I wanted to give you a glimpse into my reality, and I wanted you to know that you're not alone, that just because you hear my voice on this podcast, or you watch my TikTok videos, or you see my Instagram posts, that is just a glimpse 
into my life, into reality. God is working on me daily. I need him daily. And it is by his kindness that I do what I do, that I'm able to make it day after day. Because I know that he has plans to prosper me and to give me a future. And I have all the hope in the world in Jesus. So what does the Bible say about having a crushed spirit? Well, if you look in Psalm 34, 18, it says that the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. When we have these feelings of crushing sadness or a broken spirit, it's not the easiest thing in the world to get rid of or break apart from. It's not as easy to just move on and have faith. However, we must remember that we're not alone. There are so many others who are currently battling this battle or who have battled with valleys of darkness in the past. The Bible actually shows us many examples of men and women who are struggling, uh, who struggled with overwhelming sadness, who experienced depressed feelings or emotional griefs, and they had these times of despair. And I'll, I'll name a few for you. So Moses actually asked God to take his life in Numbers 11, 10 through 15. Job cursed the day of his birth in Job 3, 1 through 26. Jonah was angry with God and wanted to die. Jonah uh, 4, 3 through 9. Hannah grieved her womb, remained closed for many years. You can read about that in 1 Samuel 1, 1 through 16. Tamara, after her brother had raped her, lived a desolate life. 2 Samuel 13, 1 through 21. Naomi was filled with so much bitterness and pain after she had experienced many hardships. You can read about her in Ruth 1, 1 through 20. And Hagar sobbed in the desert as her son was about to die. You can read that in Genesis 21, 15 through 16. So these people, they struggled with feelings of despair for multiple reasons, but they all trusted in God. God who loved them, who helped them out. Moses was so overwhelmed that God actually anointed him some help through his brother Aaron. Job had lost everything, but God blessed him in his latter years. He gave him double. After Hannah poured her heart out to God, he opened her womb and he gave, and, and, and he gave her a son. As Hagar was crying in the wilderness, God provided for her and her child's needs. You see, sadness, sadness can enter your life after defeat or loss. It can even happen after a huge spiritual triumph, after committing a sin, or after suffering at the hands of someone else. It can maybe be the result of a chemical imbalance. No matter what the problem or what the cause of, of your sadness, God is ready and he is able to help. He's going to go to great lengths to restore that which is broken and crushed in spirit. And so I wanted to see if you have ever heard of the word lament, because it's not often spoken about, and it's not even really sung about in a lot of wider known Christian songs, but it is, is very real. And lament often shapes us into who we are. So lament is actually this prayer of, of expressing sorrow or pain or confusion. 
And lament should actually be the way that Christians process grief, because, but we're in God's presence. And so because many Christians have grown up in churches, which often look at the bright, bright side, um, lament can be a little daunting. Um, and for believers who maybe your life is relatively free from tragedy, maybe you're listening to this and you're like, you know what, I cannot relate to this at all. Lament may seem just completely unnecessary. It may seem like a, a huge downer. But the world is broken. We are broken as humans. We see and we experience sadness and sickness and agony every single day. On the news, what do you see? You see wars. You see poverty, neglect. You see shootings at schools. And so the brokenness is close to home, right? You know, you have miscarriages, brothers who suffer with addiction or cancer. Maybe your neighbors lost a house in a fire or in the hurricane that recently happened in Florida. Maybe you have a friend who's turned away from church. Uh, our words can sometimes cause deep wounds in our coworkers. So what does a Christian, what do we do with all this sorrow? We have to take it to the Lord. If you look at the Psalms, almost a third of them and the entire book of Lamentations are concerned with lament. Like every other emotion, God wants to hear about your pain. He wants you to lament. You know, I often think about the kindness of God and uh, sometimes how undeserving we are of it. And I just think how kind God was when he gave us the Psalms. You know, these prayers, these songs, they can give us words when we're when we have fatigue or we're confused or crushed or numbed or saddened. But if we're honest, some psalms flow out of our mouths a lot more easily than others, right? It's not really hard to pray the prayer in Psalm 27.1 that says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Yet why is it so hard to pray the prayer in Psalm 10.1 that says, Why, O Lord, do you stand so far away? Why do you hide yourself in times of trouble? Let's be clear, though. Lament is not God's way of approving, grumbling, or complaining. However, it's us bringing those complaints to God and leaving them and leaving with a great hope. God uses lamenting as a way to form people in his image. I'm going to tell you how. The first is that we recognize God's unfailing wisdom. We see how finite we really are as humans. Sorrow can be extremely disorienting. No one really ever emerges from a season of grief or sorrow or depression feeling capable and confident and wise. When we look to God during our pain, it often reminds us of these human limits that we have, and it reminds us of God's expansive knowledge and his wisdom and his power. The second way is that we learn to trust God. Lamenting is this, this direct expression of trust in God. The more that we trust him with our sadness, the more likely we're actually going to trust him with everything else. We also start to gain a, be a better understanding of God's grace and his love. Some of our darkest nights, right? Like I was talking about crying in the shower. We cry out to God. 
We bring him, we bring nothing to him but our needs, our complaints, our hurting. And he meets us and he sees us and he helps us. And, and in that, we see that his faithfulness, it's not based on our behavior or our love for him. He is gracious. He is kind. He is loving. And should we ever doubt any of that, we can look to the cross of Jesus as a reminder. And the last way that God uses lamenting as a, as a way to form people in his image is that we begin to walk in Jesus' steps. You see, the laments of Jesus in the gospel provide this additional kind of uh, warrant for lament. In his ministry, and especially in his sufferings, Jesus had great reason for grief. He often brought that sorrow to, to God. And you can see all of this um, in, in Matthew 23, Luke 19, Mark 14, Matthew 27, Hebrews 5, 7. So we follow Jesus as we lament. And so when we have these crushed spirits or, or we're experiencing this sorrow or this grief, we, we should turn to lamenting. And there's actually four ways that we can follow the, the kind of biblical outline for lamenting. And these are um, the first is that we continue to turn to the Lord. Our, our natural reaction to grief might actually be to deny it, ignore it, just how can we numb this? Pretend it doesn't exist. But as a Christian, we should be committed to repeatedly turning to the Lord in both um, our happiness and in our sorrow. It says in, in Psalm 4.1, answer me when I call, O God of my righteousness. You've given me relief when I was in distress. Be gracious to me and hear my prayer. The second way is uh, that we bring all of our complaints to him. So complaints actually form the heart of lament. They are the reason we are sad before God. But reading them in scripture can sometimes make us a little uncomfortable. Uh, you know, you may, you may ask yourself, am I, should I talk to God like that? It kind of seems a bit disrespectful, but we're not only allowed to talk to God this way, he actually wants it. And there is an ungodly way to complain to the Lord. There's a mark of difference between lamenting, which is godly complaining, and then the grumbling, which is just like this ungodly complaint. It's whether or not we are dwelling on what we deserve. See, a godly complaint identifies conditions or events in the world or our lives, and they bring them to God, and they say, look, this is what we're experiencing, and this is, is, this is the, the cry all over Psalms and Lamentations. In Psalms 94.3, it says, O Lord, how long shall the wicked exult? The third way is that we ask boldly with confidence. So after you've brought your complaints to God, you're going to ask him to act, right? Our bold requests are anchored in God's character. We beg him to intervene because he is loving, he is just, he is faithful. He keeps his promises. So there's this healthy lament that always moves towards this, this intercession, right, of instead of getting stuck in the complaint, we ask God, we give it to God, and because we have confidence in Jesus, we pray boldly before his throne, and we confront these complaints, and we, we ask him to deliver our soul and help us in times of need. 
And the last is that we choose to trust him no matter what. The destination of lament is actually a heart that clings to the Lord of steadfast love. And after we complain and we ask God to intervene, we turn to hope. And if we know the promises of God, we know that he keeps his promises and that we can trust him. Psalms 34, Psalm 34, 14 says, but I trust in you, O Lord, I say, you are my God. So we know on this podcast, we like actionable steps. So I'm going to give you some actionable steps to grow in your lamenting, to begin to allow God to rebuild, replenish, and restore that crushed spirit that you have. The first is to read some of those Psalms of lament. I'm going to give you 12 of them that can get you started. So make a note. You can start with Psalms th- Psalm 3, 10, 13, 17, 31, 42, 43, 60, 79, 94, 102. Oh, I said 60. It should be 80. My apologies. 80. The second is to actually read Lamentations. So I, I understand this is the most avoided book in the Bible because it is just full of sadness, full of lament. Um, however, I actually recommend reading it several times if you can. Read it slow so that you begin to really um, understand it and you reap the benefits of the book. Uh, you, you know, we learn some things in Lamentations that we may not learn if we only read the Psalms. Lament actually should be a corporate thing and not just individual, should often be a corporate thing. Uh, we should even lament if we are the ones responsible for the pain and the sorrow that we're causing or that we're experiencing. So the third is to actually write down your own laments. So take the four ingredients of biblical lamenting that we talked about just a bit ago and write down some of your honest, your own honest prayers. You can use some of the Psalms for prompting, um, but I actually think you're going to find it a lot more helpful if you use your own words. And so we look to Jesus, right? We remember him. He is the center of our lamenting. He is the perfect model for it. And our greatest hope in every lament is that one day we will lament no more. And this is not an exaggeration. In the New Jerusalem, we read that God is going to wipe away every tear from our eyes. Death is going to be no more. There's going to be no more mourning, no more crying, no more pain. The former things have all passed away. You can read that in Revelation 21. So what Jesus secured for his people through his life, death, resurrection, and ascension is the complete reversal of that Genesis 3 curse. That curse vanishes. And as God's people gather around the throne to worship Jesus, our need for lament fades. We don't need it anymore. However, godly lament does produce this fruit of hope in a future where we won't have to lament anymore. So gather all your sorrows, gather your sadness, your numbness, your crushed spirit, your depression, bring it to God, pour your heart out to him in lament. He knows, he already knows, 
He cares. He wants you to trust him with your sadness as much as your joy. So if you've made it this far, I truly thank you for listening. I hope that this was encouraging and helpful and uh, just points you to Jesus because he is the, the author and the perfecter of our faith. And if you haven't already, um, go and subscribe so that you get notified when more episodes come out. And if you haven't listened to the other episodes, please give those a listen. Also, if you feel kind enough, please consider rating the podcast. It helps with all the things, and I would appreciate it forevermore. Lastly, go follow me on Instagram and TikTok at A Girl in the Word Podcast. The links are also in the episode description. I genuinely do look forward to connecting with people. Um, and if you ever have any questions or prayer requests or you need some encouragement, please, please, please don't hesitate to reach out. I genuinely genuinely do um, love connecting. And so until next time, God bless.